Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJL General Contractors. SJL General Contractors is licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee. This family-owned business provides mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you're in need of any of these services, you can contact them at 931 933-4660. That is 931-433-4660. If you'd like to be employed by this family-owned company, three W's and a dot, sjnl.com, www.sjnl.com. The old man lived in a woolly swamp way back in Boogerwood. He never did do a lot of harm in the world, but he never did do no good. People didn't think too much of him. They all thought he acted funny. But the old man didn't care about people anyway. All he cared about was money. He'd stuff it all down in mason jars and bury it all around. But on certain nights, when the moon was right, he'd dig it up out of the ground. He'd pour it all out on the floor of his shack and he'd run his fingers through it. Old Lucius Clay was a greedy old man, and that's all there ever was to it. The iconic words of Charlie Daniels in August of 1980 inspired me to take a five-gallon pressurized cylinder from behind the Hardys in Oxford, Alabama, and take it home and turn it into a piggy bank and name it Lucius Clay. Now, what you've got to understand about this Dr. Pepper cylinder is it was supposed to contain syrup for mixing Dr. Pepper in a carbonation machine. This is a five-gallon cylinder. It's eight and a half inches in diameter and it's 26 inches tall. Empty, it would weigh somewhere between nine and 11 pounds. Looking straight down on top of the cylinder, it's got a black rubberized handle and top. And in the center of that, you have two small cylindrical valves. And then you've got a lever. The lever, once you pop it, releases a oval-shaped lid that drops down into the tank and you wiggle it out and you have access to the contents of the tank. Well, in order to, to pop the lid on that thing, this tank has to be depressurized. Looking straight down on the two little towers that you connected the, the cables to or the hoses to, uh, this one had a pin lock style. There is a ball lock style that was known as the Pepsi style, but we didn't serve Pepsi products at Hardee's. And so you've got to decide, okay, which one of these things has a tube that connects to the bottom and which one of these things does not have a tube, which one will release pressure, which one will release Dr. Pepper syrup. Bobby Phillips, who was going to be a budding chemical engineer, decided that he's the guy who's going to do this. Now, you look at, at the top of the little valve there, and inside the, the cylinder is another round disc. It looks like just a teeny, tiny little disc. It would be about the size of a BB if you smashed it flat. You place a flat screwdriver in that, depress that little button, and you get either a release of pressure or a release of syrup. The quintessential question in every bomb movie the red wire or the blue wire? Which one of these towers is the pressure release valve and which one of these is the syrup release valve? Bobby Phillips, my budding chemical engineer friend, leans over the top of this thing, takes a, Phillip, uh, takes a flathead screwdriver, 
and depresses the button. When the button is depressed, the screwdriver slipped into the mechanism and trapped itself. And while Bobby Phillips is looking straight down into this cylinder, Dr. Pepper syrup at 130 PSI is released into his eye, onto his face, onto his forehead, knocking him backwards. And then this eruption of syrup goes to the top of my bedroom ceiling. That stain is still there. We release the, the, the screwdriver. The pressure stops. Resourceful young men that we are, we simply dig into the closet where we had our hiking stuff. Bobby Phillips dons a green army poncho, protects his face, and reasserts the screwdriver and releases the rest of the syrup. Now, it wasn't a full syrup can, but we did succeed in relieving the pressure from the tank, opened it up, washed it out, and I began to collect coins in it. Now, I am, I'm under the assumption that the manager at Hardy's, Mr. Dobbins, who gave us permission to leave with the cylindrical pressurized tube, assumed that he had full legal right to do so because I still own this tube to this day. I've collected pennies and quarters and nickels and dimes in it. On one occasion, I kept at the very bottom underneath the coins a letter from my uncle, my uncle E.J., I've opened it a couple of times and emptied it out. One time, I emptied it out to buy my first car, the fabled 1968 Chevrolet Impala named West Wind. The second time I emptied it out, well, it was empty when I was in college because I didn't have any money in it, but I stored snacks in it. I'd open up the, uh, the, the oval-shaped lid, and I would store cookies and uh, potato chips and the little small bags, and I would use those to bribe the RA of our dorm so he wouldn't give me any uh, demerits on the room check day. But once I got out of college and began to, to have a job, I began to fill it up with coins again. And, and at some point, I emptied it out and gave all the, the funds in it to Lonnie Beth when she left for college. And since that time, I've been taking the change out of my pockets, the change out of my uh, truck, the, the change that I would just pick up here and there and drop them into Lucius Clay. Uh, if you were to fill him completely with quarters, he would weigh 175 pounds. I think I'm somewhere three quarters of the way full. A thousand quarters weighs 50 pounds. Um, plus or minus math, and, and I looked up several formulas, and there's some discrepancies in how guys do their math, but, but really I think based on, on what I read, based on the cubic meters and the size of if you had a perfect cylinder for your quarter, uh, we're thinking 23,398 quarters would fit in this tank. Now, that's if it's just quarters. Now, there's lots of stuff in this tank other than quarters. There's nickels and dimes and quarters and pennies, and there's some tokens and probably some Sacagawea dollars and, and all that kind of stuff. But if you open it up and look into it, oh, wow, it looks like a treasure trove. My, my grandchildren are now discovering the value of money, or at least they know money is valuable, or at least it's valuable to them, and, and they want 
change. They won't come. When when the kids come over, Jackie will take pennies and maybe some some nickels and things and just kind of scatter them around where the kids play in the yard so that while they're out there playing in the grass or digging holes behind Fort Gunner, they'll suddenly discover we found monies. We were at the house in the spring one year, and I've got a little fox that lives out behind our fence and in the neighbor's pasture. And foxes have this unique little bark, this unique little squeal. And I would be in the garage working or working out, and my back door opened, and I'd hear this little guy bark. And I, I went out exploring and tried to find his den. I didn't trespass. I stayed on my property. But he's out there pretty frequently. We're there one night with the kids. The windows are open, and I hear this little guy. So I take Gunner and Rowan outside, and we sit on the porch in the dark, and we listen to this little fox bark. Pretty unique little sound. If you've never heard it, uh, you won't recognize it, but when you hear it, you'll never forget it. And we have some fun listening to the fox. Well, that evening, it's time to go to bed, and, and Rowan has two quarters, one in each little hand, and she wants to sleep with her monies. So we put Gunner to bed and read a story. We put Rowan to bed and we read a story. And just as I'm about to walk out, she says, is that fox going to come in here? I said, no, no, sweetie, the fox is, is not going to come. Is is that fox going to eat my monies? <laughs> no, no, baby doll, that fox is not after your monies. And it took quite a bit of convincing that A, foxes aren't bad, B, foxes don't come in houses, and C, foxes don't eat money. But she has this treasure, those tiny little fists grasping those two quarters, and she wants to protect those monies. I wonder what would happen if I were to take them and I were to offer them a trade. Look, look let's, let's go find... Lucius, let's get this big cylinder out, and I drag it outside, and I pop the lid, and you look inside at those monies. I could probably take 10 small pieces of paper, $10,000 bills, and say, would you like to have the paper, or would you like to have all the coins inside the cylinder? And I believe the children, being children, would not take the ten pieces of paper, but would take the cylinder full of shiny money. Now, you know that I know that there aren't any such things as $1,000 bills. They were discontinued in 1969. But I wonder if you had $100 bills. And, and if you stacked up, how big a stack of paper could you get before the children would say, I don't want what's in the, the big cylinder, all the shiny, coppery stuff, and I, and I do want what's there on the paper stack. I wonder how big that paper stack would have to be, especially to somebody who doesn't really comprehend the value of money. They, they don't know anything about quarters and dimes and nickels, and they do know now that paper money is different, but the, it's still, it, to a little kid, what would you take, the shiny stuff or the paper stuff? You know, assuming I had the thousand dollar, here's ten six inch long, thin pieces of paper. Do you want those or do you want the shiny stuff in the bucket? And assuming the bucket had all quarters, 
23398 according to one formula that was used. You end up with $5,849.50. You look at the apparent value, the, the, the shiny, the substance, the heaviness. Five gallons of quarters weighs 175 pounds. That's got to be more valuable than these these ten little loose pieces of, of paper. And yet somebody who doesn't comprehend true value, somebody who doesn't understand what it's really worth, would would trade the paper money and take the contents of Lucius Clay, the greedy old man. I wonder how many times we get distracted by that which is shiny and that which to, to all appearances has more substance. It feels heavier. It feels weightier. This, this, this is more solid than that. And how many times do we, like little kids or even Lucius Clay, get greedy? and decide to take what looks more valuable. And, and, and in truth, we don't really understand what something is worth. We don't really understand true value. What are you trading? Time at work or time at home? What are you trading time looking at that device? And it doesn't have to be a phone or an iPad. It can be a TV screen, too. Or looking at somebody's face. What are you trading? And what has real substance? What has real value? If you give a child the opportunity to take the coins or the paper, he'll take the coins almost every time. Why? Because he's a child. Because he's immature. Now, you you go back to the Charlie Daniels song, and it's interesting as I was going to talk about Charlie Daniels' song, the way I heard the song was the old man lived in the woolly swamp way back in Booger Wood. The cable boys was white trash. They lived over on Carver's Creek. They were mean as a snake and sneaky as a cat. I, I, uh, I looked up the lyrics, and it actually says that the the old man lived in the woolly swamp way back in Gurglin Woods, and it was the Creighton Boys and Parvis Creek. Now, I've listened to the song several times before doing this podcast and never heard those actual words. The, the lyrics seem to be different than the recording, but but that's for another day. As you listen to the end of that song, they find Lucius Clay in the back of his shack with money. And they, they beat the old man, they pick him up off the ground, they threw him in the swamp, and they stood there and laugh as the black water sucks him down. And then they run, and as they run, they run into quicksand, and they struggle and they scream, and they couldn't get away. And just before they went under, they could hear that old man laughing in a voice as loud as thunder. And I wonder if it doesn't happen to us that way. When we make those foolish choices, when we choose what we want now, 
rather than what we want most. When we choose what looks substantive, when we choose what looks more valuable, we choose what looks like it has more worth. And see, the children choose the shiny and the heavy, not the paper, because they don't understand true value. And when we get we get caught up in that, and we pick the things that are temporary over the things that are eternal, and we pick up the money and we run. I wonder when we make those foolish trades, do we not hear a voice laughing at us? And it's not some spooky old man in a Charlie Daniels song, but it's the father of bad trades. It's the father of bad deals. It's the father of lies. That first lie, that first bad trade, didn't happen in the middle of a woolly swamp. It happened in the middle of a beautiful garden. It happened right smack dab in the middle of paradise. And to modify the iconic ending of Charlie Daniels' song. Now that's been 50 years ago. And you can go by there yet. There's a spot in the yard in the back of that shack where the ground is always wet. And on certain nights, if the moon is right down by that dark footpath, you can hear three young men screaming. You can hear one old man laugh. That's been thousands of years. But you can go by there yet. And there's a spot in the soul of every man or his desire is always wet. And on any night, any given night, down by that dark footpath, you can hear the sons of Adam scream. You can hear the father of lies laugh. All this talk of coins made me think of our good friends at Walt Bartik Coins and Bullion. Jared Bentley down there will definitely give you a good investment for your paper money. He deals in bullion, gold, silver, Krugerons. Give Jared a call at Walt Bartik Coin and Bullion, 256-883-9004, 256-883-9004, or use their 800 number, one 800 608 6052. That's 1-800-608-6052. Walt T. Coins and Bullion, a sponsor of Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Mm-hmm.